Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to discuss migraines and voting. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hello, Rachel. How's it going? Okay. Um, it snowed here today. Haven't really? Got- yeah. Have not gotten October snow in a while. Ooh, yeah. October snow. Well, I believe one of possibly the last time I experienced October snow was when it was Hurricane Sandy, which was exactly uh, 10 or, or 9 or so years ago. Wow, nine years ago. Something like that. Eight or nine years ago at this point. Wow. Is that the time we like went trick-or-treating even though Halloween was quote-unquote canceled? Yes. Uh. <laughs> that happened twice, actually. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but here's the thing is on, on the day that this is coming out, tomorrow is election day in yeah. the United States. Yeah. And, you know... This whole election season and the whole last election season and really this whole presidency has given me migraines. I'm sure. I'm sure it has. And I'm sure it's given a lot of people migraines. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what happens to the body when you have a migraine. And I believe this topic was suggested by you. It was, because I'm a person that doesn't get migraines very often, and I'm curious to know about it. Okay, so let's jump in. The main question is, what happens to your body during a migraine? But the first question is, which you already kind of answered it, is, have you ever had a migraine? I've only had them, I can probably count on two hands the amount of times I've had a migraine. I don't get them that often. Lucky you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What are the symptoms you experience when you've had a migraine? Head starts pounding and it won't stop pounding. And I kind of just have to hide in my bed because light makes me want to throw up. Yep. Sounds great. How many times have you had a migraine? Just a wild guess. More times than I could even estimate. I mean, I I have a chronic migraine condition. (laughs) (laughs) Like a diagnosed chronic migraine condition yeah rachel has it a lot worse than i do uh it's not a competition but um when it comes to migraines yeah rachel I, I wins. <laughs> no one gets more migraines than rachel well that's not true no one okay no one i know maybe okay do you want to take a, a guess at what happens in general to your body 
Um, it has to do with the brain. Okay. And the stem of the brain, uh-huh. it just suddenly decides, you know what? I've had it with this body and I'm going to commit seppuku. And it snaps a little bit and you're entire <laughs> see you laughing at me. <laughs> and makes your entire brain rattle and it goes like, whoa. <laughs> And, like, it moves around a bit, which causes immense pain, and it's, like, it gives you nausea, and just light hurts you because of it, and if you have to be stationary while your brain recovers. Some of that was kind of correct. Really? (laughs) But some of it (laughs) was not. (laughs) And I want to give a fun fact, an unrehearsed fun fact, because of what you said. So the whole brain rattling in your head thing, that is not really relevant to migraines. However, what causes a concussion is when you hit your head and your brain actually moves around and hits like the inside of your skull. That's what causes a concussion. Yeah, that I think I actually knew. Yeah. So that's a concussion, not a migraine. Ah, I just... I was just combining all of the knowledge I had about the head into one compressed explanation. <laughs> Does this include your knowledge on the brain? A little bit, yeah. That'll be another episode. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. <laughs> as, as somebody who uh, deals with some brain studies. As someone who my only knowledge about anatomy is drawing, I can't imagine it going well. Okay, all right. Well... Back to migraines, and I think this portion is going to piss some people off. So there's, like any good science, old research versus new research. And um, the old research is still pretty heavily communicated today. What do you think that old research says about what causes migraines? I think maybe people thought you would get migraines because you were on, like, your period or something, I feel like that makes sense in an old-timey way. Maybe they think it's like you haven't been praying enough so the devil got into your body or something. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, I hope you had a happy Halloween. Yeah, have a good election day. What you said is related, but it's not exactly what the old research suggests. And so the old research is... Changes in blood flow and blood vessels is what causes symptoms. So like you have different triggers and then that would trigger your body to do the thing. That's the old research. Um, And what we know now is that changes in blood flow and your blood vessels is still a thing and it does still contribute to the pain, but it's not actually what's thought to cause migraines. So do you want to guess what does? This is keeping account of like triggers, like periods, like you said, and we'll talk about that. But like, what is it really that causes it? So it's not the brainstem seppuku thing. Um, um, I don't think your brain could do that because it doesn't have arms. Yeah, but he can wiggle, you know. I don't think that's true. He he can jive. Okay, he can jive. All yeah. Right. Yeah. He can be the dancing queen if he wants to. Yeah. And and apparently our brains have he him pronouns. Yeah, well mine does. Okay. All right. Maybe it has something to do with the spinal cord and all the nerves flowing through it. 
Well, it has more to do with your hormones and other brain chemicals, which initiate and cause the pain. There's something that causes this release of hormones, and then that's what triggers everything else to happen. Really? Mm -hmm. Can you guess which hormones and brain chemicals this is? Or Hi these are? Histamine. Um, trying to think of all the chemicals that I know. <laughs> Polypeptides. Um, adrenaline. Um, caffeine. I don't think that's naturally occurring in a person's body. Um, what other chemicals are there? Testosterone, estrogen. Yeah, estrogen is, is one. estrogen really okay? Okay. Um, can I have a hint? Uh, depression. Serotonin. Yes. Oh. That's a good guess. Thank you. Well, as a person that <laughs> yes. has depression, <laughs> I would certainly hope I know what the chemical is. Um, Those are the two that we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. What do you think causes the release of these hormones and chemicals? For a woman, does it have to do with the menstrual cycle? It, it can. That would be the estrogen element of it. Okay. But, um, but but like think think deeper. There's something that has to happen to release the hormones. And so like yes, your period does trigger that, but like think beyond that. Ovulation. Okay, but um, not only people with female body. <laughs> I know I'm thinking diets, physical activity. You're talking about something. You're talking about something relevant to migraines, but not what I'm asking. Bro, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> can you can you say the question again? What causes the release of hormones and other biological chemicals that then cause the symptoms? Uh, sleeping, anxiety. Again, um, like you're, you're talking about a different <clears throat> aspect of this. I don't know. Okay. Rebut, just rebut me already. Okay. Excitable brain cells. Excitable brain cells. What causes excitable brain cells? A number of different things, um, but that is what causes the release. And they trigger the release of chemicals like serotonin, which narrows the blood vessels, which can contribute to the pain. Interesting. Yeah. Now, on to something that I think you'll do very well in. Okay. <laughs> What are some common migraine triggers? Okay, um, um, light, um, roller coasters, <laughs> like, you know, like motion sickness or something. Okay. Uh, what else? Menstrual cycle, uh, too much caffeine and or too little, too little caffeine, uh, sitting weird. Well, like if you sit weird, you can get like, you start to get like a headache sometimes. It was like, just a funny way of saying it. Your spine is just getting, like, choked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Uh, ner nerve pinches. Um, like, you're... <laughs> Stop smiling at me. <laughs> I don't know anything about, like, any human anatomy. Restricted blood flow. Maybe being pregnant can cause <laughs> your, your body chemicals to go all wacko. And I bet there's one more. Dehydration. 
Yeah, those are all some good triggers. I'm going to add a couple to it. Um, And I don't remember if you said this, but we'll figure it out when we edit. Uh, Stress. Yeah. Biological and environmental conditions, like you said, like hormone changes or light and also smell. Like for some people, certain smells can trigger a migraine. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Tiredness and changes in sleep weather changes and specific food and what you and i said by no means encompass all of the triggers that people experience but these are just some common ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm learning learning yeah what are the stages of migraine stage one is like there's like a dull pain and then you're like oh something's about to happen but what are but what what's the name of that stage the oh something's about to happen stage like you know i don't know mitosis (laughs) stage two sometimes your vision gets like a little blurry around the edges and you're like well this is a fun new development and like you look around a bit and like the blur follows your eyes and then stage three is like your head explodes figuratively is there another stage recovery Okay, so you're on the right track for all of this. I don't know the names of them. Yeah, um, so the first stage is the prodrome. And the the prodrome symptoms can last one to two days before the attack. And you're right, it's kind of like PMS where you can sort of tell something's up, something's going to happen. And those symptoms can generally include like constipation, mood changes, like from depression to euphoria, food cravings, neck stiffness, increased thirst and urination, and frequent yawning. And I can say that I actually experience a good amount of this. And some of the time I've figured out when that's like warning that I'm like about to have a migraine. That is terrifying that like, you know, it's coming. It can be. It's, it's very similar. Like, I don't know if this happens to you, but like sometimes when I'm PMSing, I'll be in denial that it's PMS because I don't oh, have my yeah, to totally. Yeah. So I'll have like migraine denial where I'm in the prodrome stage and I'm like, uh oh, but then I kind of don't do anything about it because like I don't want it to be real. Migraine denial. Yeah. And then, yeah, you were right about stage two, it's the aura stage. And you can actually experience the aura during and before attack. And it's like you said, it's you see stuff, stuff that gets kind of blurry. Like there's visual phenomena, like seeing various shapes and bright spots or flashes of light, vision loss, pins and needle sensations in arm or leg, weakness or numbness in the face or on one side of the body, difficulty speaking, hearing noises or music, and uncontrollable jerking or other movements. Yeah. And then the attack stage, which is which is what you think of when you think of a migraine. I like that it's called the attack stage. Me too. It lasts in general from four to 72 hours. And they're all the symptoms you would expect. And then the post-drone stage, which can last for up to a day. And it's basically feelings of fatigue and confusion. And uh, this is definitely something that I experience. like depending on when my migraine ends the hours and up to the next day after I will just be so wiped it's like a hangover almost it is a lot like a hangover except without the headache yeah true or false everyone goes through all four stages 
False. That is true. It's false. Yay. What are common migraine symptoms during the attack? But first, another true or false, all migraines have headache. False. Yeah, it's false. I get abdominal migraines. Abdominal migraines are a thing? They are absolutely a thing. (laughs) I have both the headache migraine and abdominal migraines, and more often... I get abdominal migraines, and it's where you have many of the same symptoms, like intense nausea, but without the headache. Interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. It is absolutely a thing. And on on some very lucky days, I also get the headache. Oh. (laughs) Oh my god. It's always a great time. Sucks to be you. Yep. So back to the original question, what are some common symptoms during attack? Headache. Uh-huh. Nausea. Uh-huh. Uh, loss of feeling. Slash pins and needles. Like numbness. Okay. Um, head pounding. Auditory and visual illusions general pain that's all i can think of yeah you you got it basically can you describe the headache it feels like muhammad ali punched you in the side of the head yeah so more specifically most often and everybody's a little bit different but one of the classic signs of a of a regular migraine because there are also different types of migraines but we're not going into that in this episode Well, yeah, I mean, there's abdominal migraines, like we said, and then like the regular ones, and there's even more than that. But um, in stereotypical migraines, you get really bad pulsating, throbbing pain on one side of your head. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that I know. Yeah, that's like a classic stereotypical migraine. Yeah. Yeah. One time freshman year of college I had a migraine so bad that I almost called 911 because I wasn't sure if I was having a stroke I remember that you had to like sit with a like a washcloth on your head is that the same one actually no Uh, you were at home for that one yeah this was in South Carolina it was freshman year of college I had a migraine I knew I had a migraine and I went to my evening psych 101 class And I suffered through it. (laughs) And then I walked back to my dorm room, got into bed, put the covers over my head, and I couldn't move because the pain was so bad. What a trooper. Yeah, it was rough. (laughs) But for, for listeners, you should know that if you have migraines and suddenly you have one and you're like, this is the worst migraine of my life, it's worth it to go to the emergency room because that can mean you're having a stroke or something else going on. That is terrifying. (laughs) It is terrifying. There's like different levels of migraine pain and like you know when it's a regular one versus like this is the worst pain of my life. It's like when some people think they're having like period cramps but in reality they had appendicitis. Yeah. (laughs) That's rough. It's like the same thing. And now a word from our sponsors. Is this election season giving you migraines? Then it's time to go vote. Head to your nearest polling place tomorrow, drop off your ballot, 
or do it in person, follow your state's protocol. Or if you live in Washington state, I think that is the state. All votes are mail-in, and so you're probably a little bit too late. Go vote. Coming to you tomorrow. Hey, Paige, welcome back. Welcome back. Did you vote? I did. I did my mail-in vote. Yeah, good. Can you guess who I voted for? Could it be... Like, let's be real for a second in this election. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Could you have voted for Joey Bag of Donuts Biden? I may have voted for Joey Bag of Donuts Biden. I uh, didn't want to, but... um... No one wanted to. Exactly. Except for my dad. Yeah, some liberal, quote, liberal baby boomers wanted to vote for Joe Biden. So like we just heard from our sponsors, go vote tomorrow. For the love of God, please. So we're going to talk about the history of voting in the United States. Okay, I feel like I'll do a bit better with this one. I'm better at history than I am biology. Yeah, and I got this all this information explicitly from one source that was a graphic timeline. So just to let everybody know, you can access this information pretty easily. What do you think the history of voting in the U S is in a few sentences? So when America gained independence in probably 1781, they were like, George Washington, you are the new monarch. And he said, I don't want to be the monarch. I think that's kind of why we had to leave England in the first place. You should just, uh, we should have uh, a demo- democratic system like the Greeks did. And I don't want to be doing this until I die. So let's do, how about four years at a time? And then you can vote me on, on or off the island again. And they're like, cool. it's time to get rebutted (laughs) what year did voting start 1785 1776 okay who could vote in 1776 free white men over probably a certain age if i had to guess 18 you're kind of right okay Voting was controlled by state legislatures, and um, they had to be at least 21 years old. Oh, wow. White male landowner. Oy. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's an understatement. Oy. Who could vote in 1868? Uh, I don't think women could vote yet. Was it just, like, they got rid of the landowner part? Uh, I actually don't know if land ownership was still a part of that. Uh, well, what was it then? The 14th Amendment allowed citizenship and voting rights to men born or naturalized in the United States. Oh, like, right. reg- so regardless of race? But we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> That's the naturalized part, I guess. What does the 15th Amendment say? Oh, God, I don't know. (laughs) Ladies' night on Thursdays. Section 1 of the 15th Amendment (laughs) says, The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Thank God. However, 
during this time, could Indigenous Americans vote? No. And when was the 15th Amendment enacted? 1890. 1870. Dang it. Okay. Was voter discrimination still a thing after this? Is it still a thing today? And how was it practiced back then? It's certainly still a thing today. So I imagine that it was a thing back then as well. (laughs) Yes. Uh, As to how it's enacted, I don't know, I guess, because I've never like gone in person to vote. So I've never seen any examples of it. So at the time, it was done with poll taxes, literacy tests, fraud, and intimidation. Okay. I guess, yeah, if I had to guess, intimidation is probably still used today. Yes. And there are other things, but we're talking about history right now. But but yes, definitely, we should draw attention to the fact that voter discrimination is absolutely still a thing in the United States. And uh, if you deny that, then you are racist and problematic. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> really calling people out today. I have no regrets. What happened in 1920? Women could vote. No, prohibition. Wait, no. No. <laughs> I know 1920s was like, no beer allowed. But also, <laughs> I think that I think women's voting may have become a thing around the same time. Yeah, the 19th Amendment says the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Huzzah! And- And this applied to the entire nation instead of just by state decision. Huzzah. What are poll taxes used for? To discriminate against people based on their income. It's more general than that. They're used to discriminate against certain voters. So it may not. So even though somebody may have a low income, it might be because of the color of their skin or other type of status. Okay. But it was repealed in 1923 for states. Ooh, okay. What happened in 1924? A great Gatsby. The Indian Citizenship Act. Oh, okay. And this gave Indigenous Americans the right to vote and citizenship. Cool. But can we talk about that for a second? Sure. It took until 1924 for Indigenous Americans to have citizenship. Yeah, that is pretty ridiculous considering based on our American exploration episode, they were here for like 30,000 years. <laughs> Remember when I texted you yesterday, like really excited to share a fact with you? Oh, now the time for the facts. It's, no, it's that one. Oh, really? It's the fact that indigenous Americans didn't have citizenship Until 1924. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is absurd. There are people alive today who remember that becoming a thing. My God. Right. America's ridiculous, man. America is ridiculous. So tell me about the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And I know that's a very loaded statement. (laughs) Well, the only thing I can think of was, one, my mom was born in 1964. Okay. Happy birthday, Paige's mom. Uh, her birthday's in July, but thank you. Um, <laughs> it desegregated everything, probably including polling places. Yeah, well, I mean, it attempted to do all that, but... Okay, well, it tried. It, it, I remember... Wait, it was words. It, it was words. It was Ru- words on paper. Ruby Bridges was a thing, and she was, like, one of the first Black girls to go 
to go into an all white girl school and everyone hated her, but she persevered and she's actually still alive today. Yeah. There's a really good movie about it, but I don't remember what it's called, but it's on YouTube if you can find it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, all, so a quote from it is all men and women age 21 and older, regardless of race, religion, or education have the right to vote. So it's still 21 and over at this point. Yes. Wow. Yeah. The 24th amendment got rid of poll taxes nationwide instead of statewide. Oh, thank God. (laughs) When were literacy tests suspended? 1969. 1965. Oh. Which amendment lowered the voting age to 18? 16. Amendment 16. Well, we just talked about the 24th amendment. Dang it. Okay. Has it the 25th amendment? It is not the 25th amendment. Is it the 26th amendment? It is the 26th amendment. Wait, what's the 25th amendment? I do not know. Okay. The 26th Amendment was passed in 1971. So it actually took until 1971 for the voting age to be 18. That's very surprising. Yeah, it is. When were literacy tests banned? Is it in the 1960s? No. Unfortunately. Is it the 1970s? Yeah. 1973. 1975. Oh, my- 1975? Yes. Oh, my God. Yep. And people are fighting to bring them back. No! (laughs) This would be a good time to mention that a large percentage of the American population is functionally illiterate, regardless of race. Just saying. No literacy test. Vote. Yeah. Good lord. What did the 1984 Federal Voting Accessibility for the Elderly and Handicapped Act do? It either added mail-in ballots... Or they added ramps to the polling places. Basically, it, quote, requires polling places to be accessible to people with disabilities. So it did add ramps. Maybe Hypothetically. Maybe to some of them. What happened in 2008? The recession. Well, yes. <laughs> um, Obama. Yes, go on. Uh, what, did Obama do something? In 2008, it was made so that voters can vote for any candidate, regardless of their party preference. Oh my god, that that was a thing? That was a thing. So, if I was like, God forbid, a registered Republican, and I was like, I like Obama, I couldn't vote for him before 2008? Basically, and this is, I, I can't speak to what's true in New Jersey right now, but I think it was even more recently than 2008 that it was passed that if you, for example, were registered, or if you, basically in New Jersey up until pretty recently, or it's still a thing, if you wanted to vote in the primary, you had to be registered for a party. So if you didn't want to be registered for a party, you couldn't vote in the primary. Oh my gosh. I don't know if this is still a thing. (laughs) But I know it was a thing for much of our lives. Oh my god. Yeah, so if you were like an independent or whatever, you just couldn't vote in the primary. America, you're so screwed up. 
with that, um, that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at Research Robot and Instagram and Facebook at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you know what, U.S. government? Sponsor us. Please, for the love of God, please vote. I can't take another I can't take another four years of the Cheeto man. I already promised myself if he gets voted again, I'm moving to Canada. I'm just going to instead of Wawa, I'm just going to have Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons every day because I just I can't take him anymore. He's too tan. He's too orange. I just can't. He's so racist. He grabs people by the he grabs people by the <laughs> the crotch. And I just I just can't anymore. He's too much. Just vote vote the other old man, the good old man, please, for the love yeah. of God. The better old man, at least. The, the better old man. The slightly better old man who won't ban fracking. Please don't don't plunge the world into freaking fallout scenario. We're already there. Don't further it. Hey, world, I'm queer. And if you vote for Donald J. Trump, you are voting for me to get killed. I don't think people that vote for Donald Trump care. Oof. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>